We looked at a text last uh, Sunday morning in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, where it says that the just shall live by faith. And so we went from there to when the just who are living and walking by faith, the opposite of faith is fear, right? Then we discussed this, that not only shall the just live by faith, but the just shall live fearlessly. Say this with me real strong today. I'm living by faith. And I'm living fearlessly. And then we went off into some other areas, went into Psalms 91, that the just shall live authoritatively, amen, and that the just shall live in community. And when I say that the just shall live in community, I'm talking about that the just shall live one another, we live together in peace with one another, and they shall serve God with all of their heart in the local church. Now the Bible says this. The Bible says that we are blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. And and I got to thinking about that yesterday a little bit. One of the greatest ways that you and I can be a blessing in community and living in community is by being an encouragement to one another. Do you know the Bible has a lot to say about exhortation? The Bible has a lot to say about encouragement. Let's take a look this morning. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for living in community, living together harmoniously in the spirit of unity and in the spirit of peace. We glorify you today in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. amen. Notice with me a couple of verses. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says, But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sins, for we have come to share in Christ. The word exhort there means to encourage, encourage. And then in Hebrews chapter 10 and in verse 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see that the day is approaching. How many know it's just not the same to catch a church service by live stream from bedside assembly. It really isn't. It's just not the same as being there. I believe this. I believe that church days affect all of our days. Church days affect all of our days. And we need the camaraderie. We need the fellowship of one another. Now, I've also discovered this, that I cannot be an encourager of God's people unless I have taken time to encourage myself. And so the same thing really is true for you as well, because all of us have people that we come across in the path of our life that need a lift. They need some encouragement. They need a good word in season. But if we are down... And we are discouraged. How then shall we encourage other people? You know, David, he had ample opportunity to become discouraged. 
Didn't he? Yeah. But the Bible says, instead of getting depressed and down, David encouraged himself in the Lord. So we see a secret from that. That divine encouragement comes from the Lord. Divine encouragement comes from being in Christ, knowing who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, where you are in Christ, what you can do in and through Christ. Divine encouragement comes in Him. Amen. Encourage yourself. Pray in the Spirit. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him at noontime. Praise Him all day long. That's what David did. He said to his soul one day, he says, what's going on? Why are you disquieted within me? In other words, how come you're, you're down today? And then he had a little conversation with his soul. You know, sometimes you've got to talk to your soul. Sometimes you've got to talk to your body. Body, we're not staying in bed all day. Body, we are getting up. We will go to church. We will put on the new man today. We will put on the garment of praise. We will not be lazy, but we will live a stirred up, encouraged life in him. Why are you disquieted within me? Then he says, now soul, here's what you got to do. Hope thou in God. It's not as bad as it seems. Get your expectors back on, soul. Start believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Stop talking that kind of depressed talk and down talk. Start talking hopeful talk. It ain't so bad. The future's bright. If you'll just get up today and rejoice in the Lord with all of your might. Amen. Hope in God. And then he says, here's what I'm going to do. For I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. For you are the health of my countenance. And you are my God. Divine encouragement can be obtained in the presence of the Lord. Divine encouragement can be obtained through times of sitting at his table and feasting on manna from heaven. Come on, how many times have you just opened your Bible and you read some verses and it's exactly what you needed to hear? How many times have you been at church or a Bible seminar? Don't care who the vessel is, but God spoke right to you. You know what that is? That's a word of encouragement in the season that you are in. Divine encouragement can come through His presence. Divine encouragement can come in the local church. Stay away from the discouragers. Stay away from people that will take faith out of you. And take energy out of you. Stay away from all places, people and things. Radio broadcasts, TV broadcasts, churches. I don't care what it is. Stay away from the discouragers. And get in the presence of God. And be an encourager. And hang around with people that are encouragers. 
And then, then you'll be in a place, then you'll be in a position to be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be an encouragement to the people around you. How many of you ever obtained encouragement from another brother or sister in the Lord? Isn't it awesome? So, the original Greek rendered encouragement is paraklesis, which means consolation, it means comfort, it means exhortation, and it means entreaty. Also, the basic meaning for encouragement is the act of giving hope or promise. Say this with me, God will enable me to help others through words, through strength, through the resources He's given me, and through supernatural connections. One person said this, that encouragement is oxygen to the soul. F.B. Meyer said, if I had my life to live over, I would spend more time encouraging others. William Barclay said this, one of the highest of human duties is the duty of encouragement. It's easy to discourage others. The world is full of discouragers. We have a Christian duty to encourage one another. Amen? You know, Joshua and Caleb, they were ready to go in and take the land. But 10 out of the 12 people brought back an evil report of the land. And they saw the giants and certainly saw the fruit of the land. But they said, there's giants in the land. There's no way that we can go in and take the land. We're not going to make it. And later on in life, the Bible says they, they did not go up to the valley of Eskel and Salvan. They discouraged the heart of the people of Israel. We should give people a good word that will help others and not harass them. You know, Job's comforters came to comfort him, but they ended up discouraging him. One of the highest of human duties is the duty of encouragement. It's easy to pour cold water on their enthusiasm. It's easy to discourage others. The world is full of them. Many times, a word of praise or thanks or appreciation or cheer has kept a man on his feet. One of the greatest encouragers in the Bible is a guy by the name of Barnabas. Everyone say Barnabas. Barnabas was the son of consolation. He was the son of encouragement. Let's take a look at his life just for a moment today. Barnabas was a man that was extremely generous. Notice with me in Acts chapter uh, 4, and I I need to look at verses 33 through 37. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 through 37. And with great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was up on all of them. Neither was any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according to that he had need. And Joseph 
who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation or encouragement, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Wow. How was he an encourager that day? He was an encourager that day because he gave everything that he had. Now, sometimes the Lord will lead you and guide you to do something, I mean, out way beyond your natural ability. And he will put it in your heart. And God will lead you and guide you to do something like he led and guide Barnabas. Don't you know that the church was encouraged that day? The church was encouraged by Barnabas' giving. And I want to say this to you. Giving is not just in the area of finances. Giving is in so many different areas in community like we are in. In the local church. Giving of your time. Giving of your talent. Giving of your service in the local church is a thing that makes the heart of God glad. And not only that, it meets a need and ministers to the needs of the people in the local church. I mean, right now while we sit in here, there are people that are in the background serving. There are people that are preparing for the service at 11 a.m. I want to say to you today this, we are not saved to sit. We are saved to serve. And the happiest people that I know of are people that bring their supply and they serve God with all of their heart. Yes, that's right. The happiest people in the world are people that seek first the kingdom of God. His way of being and doing right. And then these men and women are positioned then to receive multiple blessings in their life. That's right. You know, my God's a God of blessing. He is. He is. But He blesses those that are in a position to be blessed. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Every one of us are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places yeah. in Christ Jesus. But I believe that there are some people that have tapped in to greater blessing in their lives through certain principles. And one of them is through seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. How shall we live in these last days? We should live faithfully. We should live as men and women of God that heard the call of God and say, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you guide me to do. Say with me, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. And I'm bringing my supply into the house of God. Now go over to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, the hand of the Lord, verse 21, was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Very interesting as I pause for some H2O. Notice with me that only by the hand of the Lord can a great number believe. 
only by the hand of the Lord. If the hand of the Lord was not with them, there would not have been people being saved. The hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon this church. The hand of the Lord is upon us, like Keith Hershey says, for good. Verse 22. And the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And immediately they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now what we need to understand about Antioch was Antioch was a multicultural church. It was really the first church that really received the word of God concerning that you don't have to be circumcised. The first church that received the word of God concerning who they are and what they have in Christ apart from the law. These were new believers. Antioch was one of the chief cities of the Roman Empire. It was an emerald city for the nation or for the empire of Rome. And there was so much sin and so much immorality in that place that all of a sudden revival came to that city. The hand of the Lord was so strong upon them that they just turned to the Lord. How many of you know once you get saved, you need to learn who you are in Christ? And so what did they do? They immediately sent Barnabas to them. They sent the son of encouragement to them. And in verse 23 it says, And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. You know there's a spiritual principle in there. When God starts blessing other people, you need to be glad. Hallelujah. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen? In other words, don't cut off your blessing by being envious of another's blessing. And he exhorted them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Barnabas could be an encourager because he was full. He wasn't full of himself. He wasn't full of, this is my ministry, and boy, I can go to Antioch, and I can really develop my ministry there. No, Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit. I submit to you today that the greatest encouragers in the body of Christ are men and women who are filled with the Spirit, and filled with faith, and filled with the Word of God. Amen. 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 He was full of the Spirit, and he was full of faith. And a great many were added to the Lord. And so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Think about that. A whole year of just going and ministering the Word of God. I see our sweet lady over here, when people get saved, she takes them into a class and tells them what happened to them. Disciples and ministers to them. It's a great, great honor to be able to sow into people's lives. 
And you know something? You've got more on the inside of you than you probably realize. That's right. You've got much more to offer than you may understand or realize. You don't have to have a Ph.D. to be an encourager. You don't have to go to Bible school to learn to be an encourager. No, just get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the Word of God. And follow Him, and He will direct you to people that need encouragement. Everyone say encouragement. Encouragement. So how then... Do we encourage other people? Number one, we pray for them. We pray for them. I want you to look at Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 in the Amplified Version. Pray for people. Lift them up. Hold them up before the throne of grace. If you have people around you maybe that don't see things that they could see in the Word of God, pray that the eyes of their hearts would be flooded with light. Pray that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Pray for people. Pray. Say, Lord, touch my friend. Pray prayers like Romans 15, verse 13. In the Amplified Version, it says, Now the God of hope, fill him up, Lord. Fill him up, Jesus. Romans, the 15th chapter and the 13th verse. Here's a good prayer. Let's pray this right now. Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, name, you are the God of all hope. hope. And I pray today today that you would fill fill. whoever whoever you're praying for, that you would fill them with all joy and peace and believing. Now notice, by the power of the Holy Spirit, That they may abound and overflow, bubbling over with hope. Let me ask you this. Will God answer that prayer? You see, people that are discouraged are oftentimes despondent. And despondency, the Bible says, makes the heart sick or it makes the heart stoop. You know, and if a person is down on the inside, they're down on the outside. But the God of hope, the God of hope can fill them. He can infuse them with joy. He can infuse them with peace so that they come to a place where they're bubbling over with the hope. Amen. So number one, a way to encourage others is to pray for them. Number two, be there physically for people. Look at Acts chapter 28 and verse 11 through 15. I'll show you what I mean. Acts chapter uh, 28. It says, After three months we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. And this go on. And landing at Syracuse, we tarried there three days. Verse 13. And from thence we fetched a compass and came to, I don't even pronounce it, Rahim. And after one day, the south wind blew, and we came the next day to Putlio, or whatever. Where we found brethren. Everyone say, we found brethren. And, we did, and, and were desired to tarry with them seven days, so we went toward Rome. Verse 15. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us, as far as Apiforum, and the three taverns, 
whom when Paul saw them, he thanked God. And what did Paul take? Don't you know that the Apostle Paul had ample time opportunity to be discouraged? I mean, you think about his life. I mean, thrice was he beaten. He was stoned. He was left for dead. Everywhere that he would go, a messenger of Satan would be there to buffet him to try to prevent him from getting the word of God to the Gentiles. But on the road, the brothers showed up. Come on, somebody. I said on the road, the brothers showed up. And Paul, when he saw him, the Bible says he took courage. The Amplified says he received new courage. Hallelujah. I tell you, when I see some brothers and sisters that I haven't seen for a while, I take courage. It just encourages me in the Lord Mm -hmm. to see other brothers and sisters in the service of the Lord that haven't quit. That haven't thrown in the towel. That have had ample opportunity to say, you know, I'm done with this stuff. This ministry stuff is for somebody else. I'm just going another way. But it encourages the heart of this pastor when he sees men and women like you that have stayed by the stuff. That have said, you know what, come hell or high water, we're going to serve God. It may not be easy in the Bay Area, but my God is the God of the Bay Area. And we're going to serve him fervently with all of our heart. We're not backing down. We're not backing off. We're going to live to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We're going to see God do what he said he'd do in his word. I take courage in that. And so be there. Be there. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 2, it says that they sent Timothy, our brother, and minister of God and our fellow labor in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. In other words, not only to bring encouragement, to establish them in the word. The greatest thing you can do for another believer is get them established in the word. And when they're established in the word of God, they will take comfort. Amen. And so all of us then, we have this ministry of encouragement. All of us have it. Look with me at 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 through 7 in the message translation. Notice with me in the message in 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 7. It says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction. With battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Anybody ever been there? But God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, but so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. So we see that outside there was conflict from every direction. Inside there was fear. But God sent Titus, Paul's way, to encourage him. How many of you know that God will send help on the way for you? And there are two things that are very interesting about Titus. How he encouraged them. He encouraged them, number one, through his presence. And number two, he encouraged them through his words. Through his presence and through his words. I've said this before, I'll say it again. There are four types of people. There's adders, subtractors, multipliers, and dividers. Maximize the adders, 
and multipliers in your life and minimize the subtractors and the dividers. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 in the message translation. So we encourage other, other people by just being there and by speaking faith-filled words over them. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, All praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus, the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who's going through a hard time so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Amen. Just like hurting people hurt people and healed people healed people. And how many of you know that found people can find people? Free people can free people up. And comforted people can comfort other people. And encouraged people can bring encouragement into midnight hours. I'm thinking of a good friend of mine, probably one of my closest friends, next to Brenda. He hit the skids. You know what I mean by hitting the skids? He got depressed. And if you've ever been depressed before, it's not a pretty thing. I'm talking about clinical depression. I'm not talking about just having a bad day, you know, where things are tough and things are difficult. But at the end of the day, you got a good rest and you woke up the next morning energized. You know, you had a good meal and all of a sudden everything was okay. I'm not talking about that kind of down. I'm talking about clinical depression. You know, clinical depression is a very ugly thing. And oftentimes, people that are clinically depressed, they don't have the energy to get up off of the couch. When people are clinically depressed, they don't feel like doing what everybody else is doing. When people are clinically depressed... They don't have the energy hardly to put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it's so bad, they don't even have the ability to have their thoughts be cognizant and together. And so this man was very depressed. It's, it's a very, very, very difficult situation. And if you know people that are battling depression, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do for them is just be there for them. You know, don't just try to pour, you know, all of your knowledge of faith into them in an hour seminar and say, get up now, get going and dance and shout and run around the house a little bit and everything will be all right. Sometimes it takes time. It's a process. It's a process. So the Lord brought Brenda and I into their lives. And by the grace of God, we were able to speak words of encouragement and speak words of life. And even through prophecy, we were able to see some direction come. And I want you to know that that man of God today is traveling around the world. And he is whole and he is well and he is happy and he is fruitful and he is stable in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. My, 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 my. Your presence in your words are either going to help or hurt. 
The old saying, either build up or hush up. Now, third way that we can encourage one another is through, again, through our words. Words can encourage or words can discourage. Encouragement is tied to hope, and hope is tied to words. Words are the greatest source of encouragement or discouragement. Let me just read this to you for the sake of time. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Words kill or words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Proverbs 15 in the message translation says, Congenial conversation, what a pleasure. The right words at the right time are beautiful. A good friend of mine said this, The right word spoken in the right spirit at the right time can penetrate a person's isolation, drive out the darkness, and change his life forever. And lastly, in Proverbs 12, 25, it says, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. A good word to a friend, a good word to a co-worker, a good word to a neighbor literally can reroute someone's day can reroute someone's day let's all stand up amen father thank you so much